at this point in our service, we have a reading, but we don't just have one reader today. We have many readers. We have small readers, if you will. Um, there's many of them. It's great. Our one kids are doing our reading today, and it's going to be fantastic, and they're going to be on the screen. And some of them are probably in here with us right now, and some of them are in one kids. But uh, if you would, give them a round of applause, and we'll jump into our reading for the morning. Can you say, in the beginning was the Word? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God. 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 Whose name was John. Whose name was John. Whose name was John. Whose name was John. He came as a witness. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. To bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming t- into the world. He was, he was in the world. He was in the world. children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the world became flesh. The world became flesh. The word became flesh. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And dwelt among us. And dwelt among us. And dwelt among us. Good. 
Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Came from Jesus Christ. Came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Great job. All right. And Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Give them another round of applause. Uh, special thanks to Molly, Rachel, and Taylor for putting that together. Uh, what a wonderful gift for all of us here at One Fellowship. For those who are visiting, my name's Paul. I'm the senior pastor here. As we begin this time, would you bow with your heads with me as I share a brief word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, we pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, let me begin by asking you this question. When you think of Christmas, what do you treasure most in your heart? Is it toys? Is it family? Is it food? When you think of Christmas, what do you treasure most in your hearts? This morning, I'd like to begin with a story. Now, I've heard this story in many iterations throughout the years, but today I pull it from the late Rodney Stortz, a faithful preacher from Missouri. And here's the deal, church. Here, here's what I need. I need your help. I do. 
When I say, he who gets the son, I'm going to invite you to respond, gets it all. Let's try that together. Like a children's book. I'm going to say, he who gets the son, and you're going to reply, well done. Now for our story. There once was a man who had one son, and this son was the apple of his father's eye. A cultured man, the father was a collector of art, and when his son was old enough, he took his son around the world to discover the finest pieces at the best prices. Over the years, this man's house became like a museum. It had so many exquisite pieces. And fittingly, the man's wealth only grew and grew and grew. One day, however, when times were turbulent and their country was pulled into war, the son responded to the call to go and serve his country. He, he joined the military. He became a soldier. And upon the day of his deployment, the father kissed his son and then proudly yet reluctantly sent him away to the conflict. Sadly, just a few weeks later, the father received word that his son had been killed in battle, giving his life for another. Stricken with grief, the father fell apart. Sometime later, a soldier, a different soldier, appeared at the father's door with a large wrapped package under his arm. And the soldier said to the father, sir, you don't know me, but I am the soldier for whom your son gave his very life. In fact, he saved many lives that day, and he was carrying me to safety when a bullet struck his heart and he, he fell. Your son often talked affectionately about his relationship with you and your love of art. So I've created something to honor him. And at that point, the soldier gave the father the package under his arm. To his surprise, inside the package, the father found a portrait of his son, which had been painted by the soldier. And even though the soldier wasn't a painter by trade, the young man knew that the gift would um, spark remembrance and warmth in the old man's heart. And that's exactly what it did. When the father took the wrapping off of the package, he wept as he saw his son. It was not a perfect portrait, but it captured the personality of the son, and thus it was perfect. The father then thanked the soldier for the painting, and he offered to pay for the painting. Oh, no, sir, I could never repay what your son did for me. You see, he gave his life for me, and this is my gift to you. And so the father thanked the soldier, the soldier left, and then the father placed the portrait of the son on his mantle and looked at it every single day. Now, as time passed and the father became older, art dealers began to make plans for when the father would auction off his paintings. They began scheming, if you will. They wanted a piece of this collection or a piece of his wealth, not really caring about the old man himself. And soon enough, the old man did, in fact, die, and a date was set for the auction. On that day, the auctioneer began by holding up the portrait of the son and saying, we will start the bidding with the painting of the son. Who will bid on the painting of the son? And a silence reportedly fell across the room. No one spoke a word. 
Soon bidders complain, forget about that amateur picture, that amateur portrait. Let's get to the good stuff, the Van Goghs, the Rembrandts. Let's get to the treasures. To this, the auctioneer then explained, it was in the father's will that this painting, the portrait of the son, be sold first. Who will bid on the picture of the son, he said. Do we have $100 or perhaps $200? $200, anyone? Silence. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, an old man in the back of the room raised his hand and said, I'll, I'll give $10 for the picture. Turns out the old man was the former gardener of the father and the son, and he had loved the son. What was that, the auctioneer asked? And the old man again said, I'll give $10 for the portrait. The auctioneer then looked around the room, asked the rest who were present, is there any other bid? And hearing nothing, he said, going once, going twice, sold. And he banged his gavel and then announced that the auction was over. Over, the bidders complained. How can it be over? We've not even gotten to the good stuff. We've not even gotten to the treasure. And the auctioneer then replied with a grin across his face, quote, it was in the will of the father that he who gets the son. One fellowship, he who gets the son. And just like that, the gardener, the one person in the room who had loved the son and the only one who had bid on the picture of the son was given the father's vast fortune. Friends, today we're here gathered to celebrate Christmas. And listen, today is not simply about celebrating a special day or time of year, and it's not simply about giving or getting trinkets and toys. No, today is about celebrating the son, the eternal son, the sacrificial son, Jesus, who came to all to give his life for all, so we could have it all. Today, friends, is about Jesus. And now turning to our passage this morning, I'd like us to see two things that Jesus offers to everyone today. And here they are. First, everlasting safety. And second, never-ending love. Jesus offers everyone everlasting safety and never-ending love. And it's this truth anchored by our common refrain, which will serve as our big idea, the truth I hope you take home with you in your hearts today. So looking at our passage, beginning in verse one, Jesus offers everyone everlasting safety. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, John writes, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I don't know about you, Emily, but when I was a kid, I was scared of the dark. I had something that was called night terrors, night terrors. I would wake up in the middle of the night, totally losing my mind, crying, thinking was someone was coming to get me or coming to get my family. And that's why I would sneak around my house with tears in the dark with a bat ready to clobber someone, this little aluminum baseball bat. And thankfully, I never knocked out my father. It didn't happen. But let me ask you, have any of you ever experienced fear of the dark? Thank you, Oliver. 
<laughs> Thank you, Shelly. Well, guess what? Our passage tells us, listen, Jesus is bigger than the darkness. Our passage tells us that Jesus came to triumph over darkness. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's quite the statement, right? And get this. Yes, it relates to physical darkness when the lights go out and we're filled with terror. But this also relates to other kinds of darkness, friends, like sickness, failure, hardship, brokenness, sin, and so much more. You see, Jesus came to deal with the darkness both around us and even in us. That's what the Bible tells us. And when we understand this truth, it changes not only how we process the good times, but also how we process the bad times. And listen, friends, it also changes how we process Christmas. It changes how we can approach Christmas. As author Anne Voskamp writes, the story of Christmas has always held space for the dark side of our stories, for the tears and the traumas, the mourning and all kinds of warring and deep grief. Therefore, friends, if you're carrying tears this year, hear this. Jesus came for you. Christmas is for you. If you're carrying deep pain this year, Jesus came for you. Christmas is for you. If you've really messed up in life, Jesus came for you. Christmas is for you. And if you've been covered in darkness in some way, shape, or form, Jesus came for you. Christmas is for you. See, Jesus came to deal with the darkness, our darkness, and that is why the manger is directly linked to the cross and the empty tomb. All of it sending a message that Jesus came for you and for me and all of us here. Piercing the darkness, Jesus offers everyone, including you and me, and any who are humble enough to admit it, everlasting safety. One fellowship, he who gets the sun. Now to the second element we're meant to see in our passage. Jesus offers everyone never-ending love. Jesus offers everyone never-ending love. Picking up at verse nine, we read, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own as his own did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Another story. A couple weeks ago, a group of families and myself, we went to New Realm for lunch. What I like about New Realm, this restaurant, this brewery on Daniel Island, it's big. There's plenty of room for kids to run around outside, and there's great options for all ages to find something to eat. Now, that being said, what we experienced a couple weeks ago at New Realm was not right. I'm looking at you guys, you were with me. It was not right, friends. Listen, after lunch, do you know what New Realm had on their patio? Puppies up for adoption. <laughs> they had puppies up 
for adoption. Now, can you guess where the kids from our church ran right after our meal together? They ran to the puppies. They wanted to cuddle with the puppies. Can you blame them? Can you also guess what the kids next asked their parents? <laughs> Meredith, mom, can we have one? Can we have one? Dad. And I heard at least two different parents say, no, not another one. Not another one, sweetie. <laughs> oh, new realm. The sinking disappointment. Returning to our passage, do you know what Jesus says when he looks at you and me? Seeing the man or woman, boy or girl, longing for love, longing for a home? Kevin, he says, listen, yes, another one. Yes, another one. Yes, another one. I love him. I love her. Claire, I love you. Yes, another one. All of you are welcome in my home. Do you see it, friends? Oh, the fullness of the love of Jesus. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Yes, another one. To marry the village teenager came his love. To Joseph, the steadfast small town carpenter came his love. To the stinky, dirty shepherds out in the field, total rejects in society came his love. And later to individuals like Peter and Zacchaeus and Lazarus and Paul and many others, Caden, came his love. Friends, here's what we're gonna celebrate here today. Jesus's love is offered with no condition or restraints to all people past, present, and future. To all who did receive him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good news, such good news? It means Jesus' love is offered to you. Yes, you. And you, Andrew, and you, Charlotte, and you, Ron, and you, Mel, and you, Violet. It's offered to each one of us on this Christmas Eve. And again, this is such good news. Yet before we end, there's one more thing I need to share, we need to see in our passage, and here it is. Jesus's love, it's not only real, it's a love without end. Jesus's love is a love without end. The apostle Paul would later write, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thus, friends, Jesus not only offers us love, he offers everyone never-ending love. And this, friends, is the beautiful story, or should I say, the beautiful invitation of Christmas. You can leave it off. Friends, he who gets the sun gets it all. In closing, I'm reminded of a final quote, this from the late C.S. Lewis. Once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our whole world. Don't you just love that? Once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our whole world.
And what did that stable hold? It held everlasting safety and never-ending love. Friends, Jesus offers everyone here today those two things, everlasting safety and never-ending love. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. When you go to bed tonight, don't miss it. Everlasting safety, never-ending love. When you wake up to celebrate tomorrow morning, don't miss it. Why? For he who gets the Son. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this good news, the gift of your Son, Jesus, who pierces the darkness, our darkness, and brings everlasting love, never-ending love, and it changes everything. God, turn our hearts, turn every heart in here towards you, towards this good news today. Cut the ties that drag us down and tear us apart. Bring redemption, restoration, and this love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.